Dungeon Leap Interlude Leap flies through the space between spaces and you see before you leap the crystalline memory a memory from your past that you have freed from crumble the kobold and now you are leaping towards it you're about to connect with it and regain everything that's inside that memory so the way that these memories work um as we have done in the past is that the uh, dungeon master me morg is going to be handing a lot of creative control and direction over to leaps player steven hello steven hello morg so i'm really looking forward to seeing where we go with this one and what we end up with and this is our third memory third memory that we're going to get um so one of the things that we've we've established so far is that the memories that come free from the people that leap lands in didn't end up in those people by accident there's some resonance between the memory and the person that they they got lodged in memories end up where they fit and so there's uh there's going to be some kind of connection there so think about what crumble was dealing with and what crumble cared about because that might be part of the memory that you come up with in a second um also we're going to um use a little prompt i'm just going to roll a little dice and come up with a um, little extra extra thing that I'd like you to incorporate in some way. It could be a very tiny thing, feature of your memory. It could be a bigger one. And the thing that I have rolled on my handy memory prompt table is an incredible meal. Hmm, interesting. So um, I could also roll up uh, like an emotional revive for you if you want, or do you think you're, you've got enough to riff on already with a um, an incredible meal and crumbleness? An incredible meal is pretty emotive, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, so. I think so. I think so. So, Leap, you connect with the crystal. You become part of it. it. It embraces you, and you embrace it, and it fits into this growing sense of self. You've only got a few little tiny memories so far, but they are adding up to more of the sum of their parts. They're bringing other aspects of you with them, and it feels good. And as you in- just fall into this memory i'm going to hand over to you to tell me what you experience what you see what you feel so there's a a lot of dew around it's um the night's very still um and i see is looking around i can see that there's um uh, a few tents um and a few like a, a range of 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 warriors um, standing outside their tents, just sort of quite silent, um, and and I think some are sharpening weapons, some are meditating, some are talking to each other with sort of hushed voices, a bit like, um, but they're sort of glancing away, glancing down, they're looking. They're, 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 there's a real um, uh, mood uh, of 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 I think um, anticipation, but in a glum way, like in a grim anticipation. Um, and, and, uh, I can see that there's a, um, a, a fire, a bonfire in front, you know, sort of, and I'm uh, near, near where, where I'm, I'm clearly sitting. Um, and I see, um, 
there's a there's a, a little a little um, uh, gnomish uh, chef by the fire, uh, and he's um, I think it's a he. Uh, gnomes are, are notoriously uh, difficult in, in, in this in this memory, at least to sort of make out. Um, but I see the smile and the wink from this gnomish chef uh, as as they. Um, Sprinkle a couple of uh, herbs from a pouch that they seem to have just magicked into their hands into this big pot of of um, an otherwise nondescript meal, um, and um, then you you hear sort of the bell ring um, to say that the, the dinner's ready, and and people just sort of grudgingly, you know. The dozens and dozens of people line up to get their, their their bowls filled with this meal, knowing that tomorrow I I know that tomorrow is a big a big fight is going to happen, um, but something happens when people start eating. It's that the mood lifts, um, uh, and I can hear the the chatter get a bit more um, uh, encouraged and 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 enthusiastic, and some laughter and some banter. And the, sh- and, and the eyes are a little bit brighter and the um, the the mood is a little bit lighter um, and and so I taste the food and looking at it it's there's not much to look at it's a sort of a you know, gruel-esque probably some some oats and some beans and 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 not a lot of color but to taste it um, it fills me with feelings of home and love and warmth and energy and vibrance and the tastes of of summer and sun and of um sweat and of adrenaline and of um excitement and of victory and all of the things sort of warming through i feel it coursing through me and i see it coursing through everyone else and 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 then that fills the 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 group the camaraderie the 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 battalion if you will with a sense of combined purpose and vigor and a knowledge that tomorrow's we're we're gonna something big is gonna happen um and and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be good it's it's um pretty vivid description i just want to add to it a little bit by asking you another question can you tell me a little bit about the soldier who comes up to you and um, hits me on the you, back really hard? Yeah, right? He yeah. came up and and I'm enjoying this this sort of this sensory experience, and I just get whacked on the shoulder very hard by this over enthusiastic comrade in arms, if you will. And I turn and I know this man. I know him um, well. Uh, I know that I know him. I couldn't tell you his name, but we're close and. Um, he has a um, uh, a small um, uh, uh, soul patch under his under his chin, um, and um, a really long moustache, and his his ears are adorned with many necklaces, um, and some of the necklaces, some of the, sorry uh, earrings, <laughs> the necklaces, um, his, his ears are adorned with many um, uh, earrings, but some of his earrings have other people's ears on them as well. Which are um, which I know to be war trophies, um, somewhat brutal war trophies, um, 
but he um, he's 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 wearing uh, this um, purple tunic, which I'm familiar with. I can't quite place, but I look down and see that I've also got a similar purple tunic on. Um, and um, well, I I hear the, the the my my companion say, you know, um, we're 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 fighting for the prince's honor tomorrow. And um, it's only going to go well. What do you hear yourself say in return, which will be the first time, I think, that you've heard your own voice in these memories? Cool. Um, like, so the, actually, it doesn't just say it. I think, he, I think I see myself standing up, and I stand up on, onto like the, the, the camp stool, and I, 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 I say, for the prince and for victory in a very loud voice. And I hear everyone else return, for victory, for the prince. And um, we, 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 we sit back down. Um, and, and everyone sort of, that, that rallying, that pretty vague rallying cry um, seems to sort of close the uh, moment, if you will. Sort of yeah, yeah. I'm just going to add a tiny extra detail because it's not just sitting down as that people are putting their hand on you and tapping you on the knee and um, on the arm and the shoulder and you just feel all of these bodies press around you as they, they come close because you you said something that they needed, you said it in the way they needed, maybe the kind of person, but you can just feel all of their regard and their closeness and that camaraderie. And then, as you say, the memory snaps out and you're back in the weird purple shiftingness. There's more to that memory. There's so much packed in there. There was a memory within that memory, a memory of home. There's maybe going to be more that bubbles up in future, but right now you're just drifting or falling even, and your feet connect on one of these um, extending clouds or curves or bends in space, and you see before you there's another portal. There's another narrow portal that's swinging by and pulsing within it is another one of your memories. It's been attracted to you just enough by the auras of the memories that you've collected so far and if you make the effort you think you can get to it leap tell me how you feel as you make your way towards this last portal i enjoyed that memory um and i'm annoyed that it had to end and that we have to keep doing this again so it's, it's sort of like i've had something nice and now it's gone and now i've got to go and Go back to work. It's like having a nice dream that you dreamed that something really great was happening. Like you, you know, had a really nice day. You didn't have to go to work, and then you wake up. Your alarm goes off at let's say five a.m., which is the worst time for an <laughs> alarm to go off. And you get up and you go to work in the dark. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Brilliant! What a you've got what Mike a Hosking on the radio. Carry on into your next leap. I love it as you leap through the portal and on to your next adventure. Wonderful! Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Mark. Welcome to our third Dungeon Leap interlude. 
That was Stephen Youngblood as Leap. I'm Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master, and we have just concluded our third adventure story, Leap into the Caves of Chaos. Ahead in this episode, some of the chats Brendan, Caitlin and I had to prepare for the Cobalt action. You'll hear some clips of our conversations. It's again a different approach to prep. Um, we're experimenting as we go. So every one of these is, is a little bit different in flavour. I'm enjoying the explorations. After that, I'm going to chat with Brendan and then with Caitlin, and you can hear what they really think about all this nonsense. Their answers will shock you. If you're shocked by people being nice. So let's go. Let's get into some questions. So my first question is... Um, what is the most substantial interaction that you've had with humans before today? Cobbler, do you want to go first? What's the most substantial interaction with those humans? Well, here's much is that I, I picked um, uh, failed merchant as my background. What, what if what if Cobbler um, thought he he tried to start a business making shoes for humans, but got the size <laughs> completely wrong? Yeah, and so um, the business immediately failed, and so his only encounter is like he tried to sell these shoes no one wanted them and he went back home brilliant i think if, if cobbler went to one farm yeah and he's generalized everything from that <laughs> i reckon peach has had little to no contact with humans super mysterious super unknown i really picture her as like a real angsty teen so i think that's the vibe that i'm really gonna lean into <laughs> And I think that she's seen them from a distance, maybe tried pelting a few rocks at them, but hasn't gone further <laughs> than that. Um, can I be Peach's uncle? Yes, please. Oh, brilliant. Yep. Thank Love you. It. That's great. What if Crumble has a, like a big backpack on mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't know what's in it, but it's like a, it's the big trench coat and... <laughs> Like big shoes are in there. Yep. Love yes. it. Hey, I am here in the green room at Bats Theatre with Brendan Bennett. Hello, Brendan. Hello. Um, wh why are you here in Wellington? <laughs> um, I'm here for the New Zealand Improv Festival. Um, so it's a week of workshops and shows here at Bats. Uh, so yeah, nice to be in town. And the timing is uh, uncanny because it's just as the episodes that you recorded are coming out, even though we recorded them many months ago, ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's great to great to see you and be in the same room with you and talking instead of through the screen. That's that's really cool. So um, basically, I want to give you a chance now to uh, tell all the amazing listeners where they can hear about cool stuff that you do and find your things. And one of those things is Dungeons and Comedians. What's what's Dungeons and Comedians? So it's a it's a live show that we do at Little Andromeda Theatre in Christchurch uh, once a month, where we do a, a live Dungeons and Dragons show. Oh, do I want to say Dungeons and Dragons? A, a live role playing show that involves dungeons and involves dragons sometimes um yeah and then then we um there's it's recorded and it goes up on youtube and uh, we release it as a podcast um i think i mean obviously there's lots of those around our points of difference are one it's in christchurch <laughs> <laughs> um but also one thing that makes us quite special is that we have the amazing Andrew Keppel uh, as our pictomancer. He there's a screen behind us, and as we are 
having the adventure, he's illustrating it in real time. And because he is an incredible animator, he's then able to actually like bring these pictures to life. Um, it, there was a, actually, we had uh, as a special guest Dungeon Master last month, Alan Henry, who's the mocap artist behind the bear and cocaine bear. Yeah, he's and, been in all uh, kinds of uh, all kinds of big Hollywood productions as as motion captured figures, and sometimes as himself on screen. Yeah, <laughs> and there, there was this moment where he was describing what this big um, uh, troll was doing, and as he was, as Alan was like moving the. Andrew was moving the the picture of the troll on the screen at the same time, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're doing our own motion capture right now!" <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So you um, also have a uh, close connection with the idea of putting games up on stage in front of people. Um, the the joys that come of um, playing games together with your friends and bringing it out in front of an audience. Can you think of a a Dungeons and Comedians moment that um, just stands out to you? Uh, Where, because, I mean, that was awesome. (laughs) But one that maybe involves uh, you or um, players that you've set up in some way that that filled you with a bit of joy and shows what what cool stuff can happen when you just do games. The... The moments that I really treasure are the, I guess the when when there's like a, it, when you, when you're playing um, theater of the mind role playing games, right? Everyone is is like maintaining a model of the world in their mind, but it's it's kind of like where you know when people play chess in their head, mm. um, we're both picturing what the board looks like, but then something will happen and you realize. Oh, they've been visualizing it differently to how I've been visualizing it, or there's there's a there's a gap there, and those those misunderstandings are, um, are really delightful, and they they can create opportunities. Um, the the one that comes to mind is um, in the very first episode of Dungeons and Comedians that we did, um, and uh, I was that they, they were descending. Uh, a staircase in a dungeon the heroes were and i knew that in the next room um that they were expecting to confront the villain but it turned out that the villain had just had his heart broken and he was like in tears and i said uh something like echoing up from the, the up the staircase you hear agonized wails and um the the, the the players were like whales. There's whales down here, um, and then like the audience to be helpful, like started making whale noises, um, and I was like, no, no, no. Well, okay, <laughs> um, and the the adventure had to like take it take a slightly different turn as they had to incorporate the fact that there were whales um down in this dungeon the deep whales um then became like a, a plot point yeah that was that I, I remember that moment vividly from listening to that episode and it, it filled me so, with so much joy because as i was listening to it as a dungeon master I was identifying strongly with Brendan, the dungeon master, and going, "Oh no, oh no!" <laughs> but the way that you incorporated and and used those whales and what what ensued was just just wonderful, just wonderful. <laughs> um, I wanted to turn it back on you for a moment um, because, like, you know, I'm a 
dungeon master with an improv background and i think i am quite good at incorporating those individual moments as they arrive but what i really admire about you as a dungeon master morg is that you are able to incorporate things on a much like much higher level like i can improvise the scene and incorporate a new element but you seem to be able to incorporate uh these elements into the kind of the campaign as a whole does that make sense um i i guess are you does. consciously doing that <laughs> to to an extent i guess trying to trying to sew it all together um particularly in this in this dungeon leap narrative that we're stringing together there are so many layers of um kind of creativity that we're trying to balance i've put a lot of creative responsibility on stephen youngblood playing mm. leap and not just playing the character but also devising aspects that are to be revealed about the character and the um the memory stuff mm-hmm. that he's coming up with um and then bringing in new players every time who have their own ideas and incorporating all these things so th- there's it really does feel like i'm uh, at the limits of my understanding whenever I sit down to play, but we do seem to grab hold of these threads and knit them together into something. Um, so there is there is a degree of uh, me being aware that I'm doing it and a bit of just crossing fingers, I think. I mean, I remember in the, the previous campaign, I was a guest on a, a series where you were, you were running the adventure in two different timelines and the things that happen in one timeline were then affecting the things in the other timeline in a way that there's no way you could have anticipated. And I'm just like, you're, you're like maintaining, you're, you're keeping a lot of balls in the air when you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how, how we did that. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to repeat that one. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right, that's, um, that's probably enough chatting for right now. Uh, brilliant to talk with you, Brendan. And uh, where can people find your stuff slash DNC? So um, if you if you do a search for Dungeons and Comedians, you can find us on YouTube where the last few years of episodes can be found. We're on all of the podcast places or Instagram, Dungeons and Comedians. Actually, um, I'm, one thing I'm really proud of is uh, Emma Brittenden, an amazing photographer, um, has done these very genre-specific posters for each of our episodes this year and i just they're just so good so they are amazing go to instagram and check out the posters and then um maybe you want to watch the episode that goes along with it fantastic brilliant thank you brilliant thank you all right so we are here um to have a little follow-up with caitlin penhave about um uh, the exciting adventures that we have all just enjoyed over the last few weeks of uh Dungeon leaping into the caves of chaos. Caitlin, how are you? Kyotomog, I am so, so good. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, and it's nice to have a chance to chat with you. It's actually been quite a little while from um since we recorded that adventure. So we've had a had a bit of a um an abundant amount of time to forget all about it, and then yeah. I've been rediscovering <laughs> it, editing the episodes and releasing them, and, and gosh, it was a good time. I really, really loved playing that game with you and Brendan and Stephen. Me too. It was so crack up. I had a great time. Yeah, I loved, I, I just loved the emergent story that we ended up having about uh, um, Peaches grappling with the 
the violence at the heart of her, mm. <laughs> the heart of her nature, which was uh, um, just a brilliant subject. Are you are you a violent person, Caitlin? Look, I like to think of myself as a pacifist. <laughs> I like I had a phase where I was doing jujitsu for a bit, but I was not good at it at all. So I I take a calm and a strongly worded route instead these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, obviously, uh, Peach was able to find some some true satisfaction expressing herself. Um, did you mm. did you enjoy playing that role? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I feel, I've listened to her back and I, I I can't believe I chose that character voice. She's so grating. <laughs> I think she's brilliant. Made me giggle. She, she's <laughs> such a character. I loved her whole like character development. Her arc throughout the story was so beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really resonate with Peach in, in multiple ways, but not in violent ways at all. <laughs> So, um, in every one of these little Dungeon Leap adventures, we've uh, kind of taken a different approach at uh, Diceratops headquarters and how much preparation and thought we put into it. Um, for this one, you and Brendan are pretty experienced improvisers, and we kind of leaned yeah. into that by not really doing too much planning about what these characters were going to be and what their journey was going to to encompass. And uh, um, so, as people were listening to um, that show. They were hearing us kind of in real time figuring out what that story was about and what, what that characterization was about, um, which I, I think it worked beautifully because of that um, that kind of improv skill that you're able to bring to it. So you, you're kind of a big improv person. Is that I, – I am correct in that, right? Yes. Yes, you're very correct. I am I am a big improv person. I have been since I was like a little baby and watching Whose Line Is It Anyway – and I feel very, very blessed to just have had like teachers and Fano that support that all throughout my life. And the you know going to a full like drama school and really embracing that, and then you know working in the court jesters with Brendan actually has been just the most incredible experience. And I think that was the best way for us to do this adventure was to really lean into the improv <laughs> route of it all. I think it just makes it so much more like natural. When I was growing up, I, I would always go on walks with my family and my siblings and, you know, like being young kids, they would get so wickedly bored. So we would just play a game of like, like, what do you do next? Which, as I realize now, is Dungeons and Dragons, but without the dice. And I would just make up stories for them and say, like, what do you do now? And then we'd just like improvise a whole storyline. And that's why I really like d because it's, it's just that. It's just imagination oh, games. That, yeah, absolutely. That's just brilliant. So is, how did you end up? kind of sitting down at a table and rolling dice for the first time. Obviously you're predisposed oh. for the for the activity. Mm-hmm. 100% my dad. He is like nerd to the max. He plays Magic the Gathering. He introduced us to Dungeons and Dragons. Like, And he's such a man that goes by the books, right? Like we've got every manual you can think of. <laughs> I just think it really frustrated him when I did not, know any of the rules and I just went in full improv brain and he was like you know had all the books in front of him frantically flicking through the pages to see if what I was doing was even allowed but I have my dad to thank he's he's been such a blessing and embracing my my nerdy side oh wonderful thank you Caitlin's dad mm. representing nerdy dads everywhere I love it yes I love it. everyone love it thank you Tim 
So this is a great moment for us to give you a chance to give a shout out to anything you want to give a shout out to. What, what would you like people to know about or think about or do? Oh my gosh, oh, I, I would love if, if anyone's in, in Christchurch, New Zealand, to go and see Scared Scribblers at the Court Theatre. I'm in it pretty often and it's just so much fun if you love late night improvised comedy, having a few drinks with your friends. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, I'd love to plug, I mean, Brendan's probably done this already, but Dungeons and Comedians is so brilliant. I had the privilege of being on an episode in December last year and they've just got the most incredible storyline going at the moment. Just just in general, go and see live theatre, you know. Shows are only like an hour long, you wet your undies laughing and it's just like, why would you rob yourself of that, you know? It is a Brilliant note to go out on. Thank you very much, yeah. Caitlin. And I <laughs> hope to have you on some uh, Diceratops stuff again. Oh, stop it. Stop it, you. I'd love to be back. This has been such a privilege. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. This was Dungeon Leap Interlude with Brendan Bennett's Caitlin Penhay and Stephen Youngblood as Leap. Thanks to Enver Avatian and Alexi Action for music and Nomi Kubomi for sounds. Thanks everyone for listening. Keep spreading the word. Rate and review. I know we keep asking. It keeps being important. Thank you so much. Diceratops is proud to be part of Kiemu Fakuto or Aotearoa Kiwi RPG. I'm Morgan Davey, we are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone.